0: everyone this is nate scott and this is the for the win podcast your home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports my guest today is my colleague chris corman he's actually going to be interviewing me we are flipping the script we are up is down this is bizarro world chris yeah. man
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna turn you into the guest okay you're gonna be a guest all right of your welcome your own podcast. welcome me then yes
0: welcome nate um, so i'm so glad to be here Good. Thanks, for, okay. thanks for having me. Uh, what are we talking about? How's it today? feel
1: to be in the illustrious USA Today podcast room?
0: I love it. I'm yeah. so glad you're here in person. Coming in town from Baltimore, yeah. um, we are here, and we're going to talk about esports.
1: Yeah. So you actually reported an esports story recently. You spent some time in New York City for yes. it was the semifinals of the League of Legends uh world, world championship exactly A- and uh i mean i think the, the the important thing to do is to set this scene because all of us have seen madison square garden right we know yes. what madison square garden looks like we know what it looks like when it's full of people we've seen big 10 basketball there we've seen nhl games nba games uh but but you went there to watch people watching people play video games mhm uh what was that like? I mean, te- you know, your your first story, so we're running a series on this this week. We've yes. run two stories. The opening scene of the first story is uh, basically the streets of New York buzzing with kids uh, getting ready to go watch this. Uh, so tell us more about what that scene was like.
0: Yeah. Um, so it was interesting talking, you know, so Riot Sports puts on, Riot Sports is the creator of League of Legends. Right. They are the company that makes the game. They are now also the producers of this game they've they've become sort of on the fly an event company and a media company just because uh, millions of people like watching their game being played online which is an interesting story of itself and I'm sure we'll hit on that (laughs) Um, but their PR people were telling me that day the event started at 6 p.m. and they said we'd love for you to get there at one in the afternoon and I'm there thinking one in the afternoon five hours early for an event you know this would be like someone telling me to get to um, a Major League Baseball game five hours. I'm not getting there five hours early. I'll get there a half hour early and maybe, you know, catch a little bit before the game. I ended up getting there two or three hours early, and the place was already packed. Uh, young people, mostly teenagers, some, you know, older people than you'd think, and, and not, you know, there there were sort of the... People who look like typical video game fans, uh, I guess, as pop culture would play them in sort of the right. the zeitgeist. There were also dudes who clearly had come straight from Wall Street and were good-looking guys in their 30s, dressed very sharply right. <laughs> there to see this event. People in costume. Uh, some dressed up as the players, most not. And uh, I, I was sort of blown away. They sold 15,000 tickets for sure. both events. And, again, this is one video game one event uh played and you know nearly sold out madison square garden two nights running so. right so let's just
1: start with uh what is league of legends uh like sort of break down the game you used a great comparison in, in the story like of, of it's sort of a conglomeration of of games that a lot of people might be familiar with there's a lot of different things going on uh, but if you had to, how would you break down what actually is happening in this game?
0: So, League of Legends is a game that is a multiplayer online game. It's free to download. Uh, so, there's no sort of barrier to entry. The way they make money is through what's called microtransactions, right. which is if you want to play as a new character, which they call champions, if you want to acquire different things in the game. You, you spend a tiny bit of money. Right. As you get addicted, that tiny you, bit of money ends sp- up... Spend more and more. <laughs> ...turns into quite a bit of money. Right. And that's how they make money, of which they make quite a bit. I think Riot, uh, their estimated income or revenue last year was over a billion dollars. <laughs> um, so this is no small thing. Anyway, um, League of Legends, online multiplayer game. You play with five players. You can either join a team of strangers or you can play with your friends. And you uh, basically start out on one end of a map, which is kind of a fantasy map. There are uh, what are called minions, which are little robots that sort of are working for you. You, you play as these uh, players called champions, which are pretty fantastical. They have, you know, some have different special powers. They all have different things they can do. Um, and, you know, it's basically, you're working with those five players to kind of work across the map and destroy the other team's base. You start in opposite corners. Uh, the game has elements of Age of Empires in terms of you know you're, you're constantly working to mine gold, sort of improving your resources. Right. Uh, it also has a heavy element of Super Smash Brothers, where you get <laughs> together with an opponent and you just beat the crap out of each other, and that's sort of a part of the game too. With some element, you know, a lot of f- fantastical elements. So, so there's a little bit of Magic: The Gathering in there too. That was right, sort of how I right. described it.
1: Wow, and and so how do these people get to this point? What what are we talking about when we're when we say semifinals of this world championship? Uh, I mean, are these players culled from all the players who play this and and sort of pulled into the tournament, or how does how does this happen? You know, it's just such a. I think all of us know that esports is out there and it's yeah. something that that is emerging and that young kids watch and it has a huge audience. What's the what's the it was uh, the the television audience is close to like football being yes. a football game audiences.
0: Um, you know the, the the numbers are a little hard to parse, especially because Riot um, is sort of the record keeper, and it's right. also in their right. it, it, you know it's, they also own the business. Exactly, <laughs> they own the business, and it's their great interest to make it seem like their audience is as big as possible. So the numbers are a little f- funny. They'll do some things where we had this many concurrent viewers, but we had this many total views, which. A billion total views, and you think, wait, what? And then you say, well, that was the amount of streamers plus the amount of times they clicked on it. You know, right, they right. And, and then it's adding it all together. Um, from what I can tell, the 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 audience for last year's World Championship was about that of Game One of the World Series. So we're wow. talking about 15 million people online streaming this um, a game again, League of Legends. That I would guess the average the quote unquote average American person hasn't heard of. Right. Um, so worldwide, we're talking about huge audiences, and Um, the way these teams are formed, it's sort of interesting. You know, anyone can play this game, and they do have, uh, kind of worldwide rankings that are, that are designed by what's called the solo queue, where you kind of line up and try and work your way up, basically like a ladder. Okay. Um, so there's that way of playing, and, you know, there are sort of, quote-unquote, undiscovered players who are very high up the ladder, who aren't signed to any teams, they can kind of play, um... Some just play for fun. Others are, you know, quite good. Um, but then they have uh, these teams, which are usually sponsored by companies. The The one that I saw is SK, the team's called SK Telecom T1, which is not, like, the most uh, <laughs> easiest name to cheer. But uh, this is a team comprised of five players and a sub, uh, all from South Korea, young men between the ages of 17 and 22, I think, might have been the oldest, maybe 23. Jeez um they were playing you know the match i saw was them against rocks tigers which is another team also from korea um the teams are loosely based geographically there was a a north american team there there was a european team uh two teams from korea Uh, china is now entering the market in a big way where they're recruiting you know putting money into teams and recruiting top korean players
1: aren't u.s athletes like Investing in some of these teams, maybe not League of Legends, but they've uh, have yes. athletes spent money on esports teams. Yes,
0: I mean this is, I think this is sort of one of those trendy investment things. Right. You know um, that I think athletes, if they want to get involved in investing in sports, it's a lot more affordable to own an esports team right now than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. So this is something that if you are bullish on the on the future of esports. You know, investing in a team is probably a, a pretty decent investment right now. The The interesting thing is just how it's going to be monetized. You know, these are all streamed online, but it's not like a ton of advertisers are buying up commercial space yet. Right. Um, it's streaming mostly for free. You can get them on YouTube. You can watch on, on Twitch for free. Uh, you can... Um, You know, I don't know how much revenue is coming into these teams quite yet. All this stuff is private right now, which also makes it kind of interesting and weird. The other thing, though, is that I don't know how much they're spending. No one really knows how much these players are being played. The only figure I could find, which came from a Reddit AMA, was one player saying I made more than $150,000 last year.
1: So, so how do they end up making this money? There's this possible 150,000. We know that's the, we only saw it one place, but uh, sponsorships. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: so there are salaries and there okay. are contracts. It's really interesting. However, so Riot Games owns the game. They own the World Championships. They do will not publicly disclose what the players make in these contracts with the individual teams because they say. Um, you know, when I asked them for the, those numbers, they said, "Well, that's a private contract between uh, the player and the organization." However, when I said, "What's to stop an organization from signing a kid to a twenty-year contract and paying him thirty thousand dollars a year and having that kid locked in for life?", they said, "Well, we've limited contracts to three years." Hmm. And so, which of course brings up the question: Well, how can you limit a contract to three years if you don't know what's in the contract? Right. And they basically said. Well, we'll ask them what's in the contract, and, and we all work together. Um, this, When you talk to them, it all seems totally normal and cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, and they say, you know, we have the best interests of the players at heart, of course. That being said, these are 18-year-old kids signing contracts. No one really knows how much money is being made by these teams. No one knows if it's fair. There's been, you know, some unionization efforts made on behalf of eSports The Thing, that's hard and confusing right now is eSports is messy. There's a lot of different right. games. League of Legends is one game. Right. Um, there's FIFA, which is owned by EA. There's Counter-Strike Go. There's There's Dota. There's all sorts of different games all owned by different companies, all operating in different spheres, right. Entering in these teams enter in private tournaments. They go to public tournaments. They do ones sponsored by the company. They do ones sponsored by not the company, but private events, and so... You know, for players to unionize, it's really, really difficult because it'd be like a cricket player trying to unionize with an NBA player. Right. And on top of that, a lot of these kids enter the game, you know, enter the pro teams age seventeen and eighteen. They're out by twenty-two because this is hard. This isn't an easy life. They play video games ten or twelve hours a day and a lot of them are burned out by the time right. they're twenty two. And you're
1: also talking, I mean, it seems like a lot of this is centered. Uh, you know, we have South Koreans in, in our story, but you said that it's becoming more popular in China. I mean, this is not really, it, it seems like it's bigger elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, in other countries where, I mean, quite frankly, some of them don't even have free press where, yep. <laughs> where there would be uh, accurate coverage. I mean, this is just sort of happening. It's such a nascent thing that's uh, just sort of developing. In all these places, uh, out of nowhere, uh, in some ways, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any rules or regulations in a lot of ways, which, which is one of the subjects of, of one of our stories coming up.
0: And that's what's so interesting. That's what the whole thing is just so interesting. These these, are is a worldwide game. It is springing up in places which have different labor laws and different, you know, and everyone's sort of kind of trying to come together and and sort of the way they've done it so far is the companies that put on the biggest tournaments, like Riot Games putting on the World Championships, basically say, if you want to play in the Worlds, you have to at least play by some of our rules. And so that's sort of how they've prevented this from totally devolving into the Wild West. And, you know, I think that more and more ex-players are now getting involved in doing their best to try and help these young players sort of understand their value. Right. Agents are starting to get into the marketplace, which wow. um, they encourage, and frankly, is a, I think actually a good thing at this point. Um, just because you know these kids are seventeen they're, years old they're young, when they're yeah. when they're signing contracts, and I know when I was seventeen years old, I couldn't keep my room clean, <laughs> let alone try and negotiate a multi-year right. uh, professional sports deal.
1: Our, our story today was on on Faker, who is yes. apparently uh, the Michael Jordan of League of Legends, or, or or, That's what they a, call. As him. you wrote uh, for the blasphemous uh, League of Legend fans, he is he's just simply called God. Yeah. Um, uh, tell us. Uh, I, I don't know that we got to know Faker very well. Faker is not someone you can get to know. Uh, he is he is uh, sort of above all that. He's he's above us us mere mortals knowing him. But but you did uh, follow him and and uh, for that weekend and really sort of see the reception. Um, uh, just tell tell me tell us more about this guy who who many people think. I mean, they they sort of are hoping that he can take the sport mainstream somehow. Yes,
0: which which is what was so interesting to me about it, and I hope I got across a little bit in the story was it did that yeah. Faker is um, he's a twenty year old kid from South Korea. He's now a um, you know spoiler alert they just won the World Championships. SK Telecom T1 right. for the third time in I believe four years might be five years Um, only three-time champion and he is you know even watching him play I'm an idiot I came into League (laughs) of Legends barely knowing anything about the about the sport barely understanding anything about the game and within 20 minutes just by watching the screen and listening to the crowd you saw that he I could I couldn't even really understand what was happening in the game, but I understood that he was the best player. He was player doing on. it better than anyone else. I know. I mean, Whatever it, was happening, he was better. Well, it's that old adage, you know, If in, in sort of the fair comparison to Michael Jordan was, you know, there was that, that old, that cliche that if you could bring someone from uh, Kazakhstan who'd never seen a basketball game and put him on a court within 10 minutes, he'd understand that Michael Jordan was the best player on the floor. Right. Um, and that was sort of true of, of Faker. He is an unbelievable player just sort of in, his daring, but also in just his skill and the way he's able to execute stuff by himself. And he's sort of fearless in the way that, you know, a lot of League of Legends is, it's teamwork, it's communication, it's, uh, you know, talking to your teammates and getting them to, you can do what's called a teleport where you can move around the map. Right. And it's basically about... It's
1: sort of having roles, right? Like each person has a role. Totally. And Faker, the one thing about him is that he is sort of equally good at everything it's it's almost that he can traverse
0: well uh, yes i mean he he basically he he plays what's called the mid lane which is basically the middle of the of the the map um and there are three lanes there's the top lane the bottom lane the middle lane and then there's what's called sort of the jungle which is kind of the, the 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 turf in the middle of it i promise um, (laughs) League of Legends fans are going to be furious with me with this very basic instruction but I'm really just trying to dumb it down to an audience that doesn't know the game. Anyway um, what makes him so incredible is a lot of the game is basically looking for advantages and trying to find two-on-ones. Basically working with your teammates to kind of you know surprise and and gang up on the opponents in places where they are weak or they aren't expecting it. Uh, Faker doesn't need that. He will just go and there'll be three guys who gang up on him and he'll turn it around and beat them and actually attack them when they've got guys, multiple guys trying to, to beat up on him, which is crazy. It's, it's just, it's not supposed to happen. You know, that's something that'll happen when a top player is playing a bunch of guys who don't really know how to play. And one guy will be quick enough and skilled enough to beat two or three guys. That's not supposed to happen. Right, you at know, the, at the professional at the, the professional level. level, it'd be like you know Rob Gronkowski beating you know if, if Rob Gronkowski's in single coverage, he's gonna get a, tel, a, a TD. If, right. if Rob Gronkowski's in triple coverage, he's not gonna get a TD. Like right. Faker will get into triple cover, he'll go into three on one and he'll win, and it's uh, it's wild. What is also interesting about Faker is that he's being heralded as sort of this this Michael Jordan of the sport. He is that skilled. Um, no one knows anything about the guy. Right. He's, he's, he's extremely shy. He's extremely quiet. Um, he's sort of tentatively now taking steps to sort of speak to the media, but... Uh, I quote through, from through some, a translator. Yeah, through a translator doesn't speak great English. Um, and
1: you said there were about thirty people there, thirty other people there covering this story, right? Yes. And, and most of them wanted to talk to Faker. And everyone,
0: were, everyone wanted to talk to Faker. Everyone wants to talk to Faker. Right. You know, but he's one of those guys. I mean, who would I? Who would I compare him to? You know. Um, <clears throat> I guess maybe like Kevin Durant a few years ago, right? <coughs> Brand,
1: Brandon Ingram, uh, the second pick in the NBA draft, like yes. really shy guy. You know, at, at Duke was just incredibly shy, just uh, wanted no attention on himself, and got a little bit better. You, you, you know, know, who
0: I I think the best comparison would be if we're sticking with basketball, we Kawhi Leonard, right. um, a genius on the on the uh, in the game, uh, someone who's gifted physically, uh, you know, and and. Faker does have physical gifts, you know, the The way he's able to mentally process and and physically just kind of play the game is, is sort of unbelievable. Uh, but like Kawhi Leonard, doesn't feel very comfortable speaking to anyone about anything. Um, you know, in a recent interview, the most in-depth and sort of kind of passionate answers he gave were about his mouse that he uses while he plays. And I think he might have been sponsored to talk about that, so he might have just been repeating kind of the company line right. as he's as he's talking. Um, so it is interesting that Riot, you know, Riot in, is sort of really pushing him as right. kind of the future.
1: And you have this great detail about he's sort of embracing it. That, you know, the way that you brought it into the story is that you were sitting there and uh he was introduced and he sort of like stood up and he stood up straight. Yeah. And a journalist near you said, "Oh, he's he's really gotten better at this." And you thought he was kidding. You thought he was being yeah. like snide because that's how reporters are. But he was he was being totally earnest. He yeah. was being honest well, about it that that Faker has real like has taken these steps to embrace
0: this yeah. role. They uh, they introduced him and he took a step forward and raised his hand in a wave and well, that was which it. Which was a big deal. And the 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 journalist standing next to me kind of just to I, I don't know to himself or maybe to one of the photographers was like oh he's getting better at this right and i i kind of was like Haha, he's not getting better at this he can barely wave and smile right. and then i turned and the guy was dead serious he was he was very clearly trying to say that that fakers has gotten better at this um but i also think it's telling that you know they were really pushing for me to do this story everyone ryan made everyone available i met with the their version of John Gruden, um, who's this uh, an analyst, what they call a caster, a broadcaster, who sat with me for the entire first game, narrating, explaining every single thing that was going on. Um, in a, a separate game, the last game, or, or game four, I believe, they they had me with the director of eSports for the entire company. They did not make Faker available. It was not even like <laughs> a, it, he's a busy guy and we don't want, you know, that was not an interview that they were interested in me pursuing, I think, because they realized, you know, Faker is much more interesting as observing his play as opposed to speaking with him.
1: Right. So so my favorite part of your story was was toward the end when you're describing uh, Faker discussing his own win. You know, the, yeah. the, the team's win in what many people, many observers thought was the greatest match in history yes. uh, for League of Legends. And he seemed to sort of shrug it off in a way that... Uh, I'm not sure that Michael Jordan would have. You know, when we think yeah. of Michael Jordan, we think competitiveness. Like, he he didn't care how he did it. He yeah. just wanted to win. And Faker uh, would, he went the opposite direction. I mean, yes. what, what did he say to you?
0: Well, it, that was what I thought was so interesting was Faker, you know, so for those who, why would you see it? Uh, Rock Tigers <laughs> versus SK Telecom T1 in the semifinals played what, you know, a, a 5 match series, five-game series, uh, it's best of five, went to all five. Uh, Rocks Tigers, who was that pretty heavy underdog, employed uh, kind of a startling tactic in game three and four that no one saw coming in and ended up paying off for them in a huge way. I won't get into too much detail, but um, partially because I, I'm still working to understand it myself, but it was sort of this inspired stroke that got them back in the in the match, ended up Finishing in the fifth, it was it was sort of a brilliant um, series, exciting, back and forth, um, lasted a long time. Everyone, you know, it was sort of what everyone considered kind of the greatest. It was like a best of seven series, and at the end, Faker and his team won, and he was he was dismissive of it. He he didn't understand all the hype. He, everyone was saying, you know, this is the greatest series ever played. Kind of. Right. Unquestionably. and granted, it's only been four years, so you know they can sort <laughs> right. of say that and feel confident Small doing sample so. Size. Small sample size, but you know, for even me, a, a new idiot, I was sitting there watching and listening to the crowd, and fifteen thousand people, you know, literally standing and 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 screaming and watching this all go down, and understanding, like, wow, I'm here for something special. This right. is something. Um, and Faker, the man who is in charge, you know, more or less, supposed to be the face of the organization, the one who's supposed to bring this game two fans to make it a worldwide phenomenon was not interested at all in it thought it was a poorly played game hated his team's mistakes thought criticized the other team for making mistakes which i thought was <laughs> one of the most bizarre <laughs> things i'd ever heard where he was saying we made mistakes and they made mistakes and that's not he was perfect... purely
1: he was he was seeking perfection from both sides from both you sides know, it's such an interesting like he really feels like he can master the game you know i think i think athletes you know, like, you know that you're not going to hit every basketball yes. shot. You know you're not going to hit every baseball. You know you're not going to make every pass. You know, like, there is no owning the game. You're always yes. going to lose to the game. But, but Faker, like, he thinks that he can do that. He he really wants it to be perfect on, on all sides. It's and
0: and it, and it reminded me of uh, the way grandmasters talk about chess, how right. there's supposed to be sort of a beauty and an elegance in a game and – if a game's if t- if guys on both sides are making mistakes and they're both playing kind of poorly, it's like, I'm sorry, guys, we didn't we didn't do our best to give you the most beautiful game of chess possible. Um, we're supposed to be better than this. We're not supposed to make mistakes. We're supposed to be playing it at the top. It also reminded me oddly of Jordan Spieth in the way he. It's clear, you know, Tiger Woods always got fueled playing against the field. He wanted to right. beat everyone. Spieth, it's almost like he's playing the golf course. He's right. playing himself. He wants to be the best version of himself. And with Faker, I think you get a lot of that. There is no... He's not content just winning. He wants to play beautifully. And he right. wants the game to be played beautifully by both sides. And then that will give the most satisfying end to to the game. And, you know, if he wins, well, of course, because he's the better player and he, he'll play more beautifully. But uh, really an interesting... Dude, and not someone you'd expect to sort of bring the game to the masses is someone who's kind of um, cares more about the aesthetics of it than the mass popularity. Right, right.
1: I, I guess that's my f- my final question, really. Now that you've imbued yourself in this world, you've spent some time there, you've gotten to know the, the main characters, uh, you've, you've been surrounded by the excitement, you've seen one of the greatest matches. Uh, is this headed where people say it's headed? I mean, I- is this going to be something that in 15 years is showing up you know in mainstream media where we're, where we're talking about uh, these sorts of events and these athletes.
0: I will say what will hinder it is that it's its complexity. The right. the the learning curve is almost unbearably steep. You know a game like soccer you can pick it up and, and if you're just sit down and you've never seen a soccer game you can pretty much understand within five minutes what's happening. Gotta you
1: know, got to kick the ball in the net.
0: They, you kick the <laughs> ball. You, only a couple players apparently are able to use their hands. One's all wearing <laughs> one color and the other's wearing the other color, and they're going in one way, and they seem to be trying to kick it into an, into, a, into a box. <laughs> um, you can you can learn that in about five or ten minutes. Uh, same, with, same with NFL, I think. It, it's a little more confusing, but I think you can sort of understand the basic idea of what's going on. League of Legends is difficult. Um, you have ten players playing on a broad map, and so to watch a game, you actually need a director who's going to take you to different areas on the map to sh- to decide what's the most exciting thing happening in that moment and what you should be watching. Mm-hmm. But you're not watching all of the players at all the time. You're watching some. Meanwhile, stuff's going on that you right, can't even that you're see. Not aware of. Yeah. Um, on top of that, if you don't play the game, uh, I was there for six hours on uh you know that day at at Madison Square Garden at the end of 6 hours sitting with their version of John Gruden who sat with me for a 45 minute match and explained to me every single thing that was going on i still am just yeah. scratching the surface of right. this game i you know i read the recaps afterward and <laughs> and i could barely understand them right. and 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 that's me you know having now downloaded and played the game a few times uh Spent six hours watching it. I watched a little bit of the finals. Now I've read countless things on it. I've read interviews with the top players. I'm still extremely confused by a lot of the different players, um, a lot of the different what's called champions, the characters that are available. I still have questions about the gameplay. I still have questions about, um, and 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 that honestly, it, it it that's hard, you know, to, to, to want to be a spectator sport for, a sport that really requires. Dozens of hours of gameplay to even sort of basically under be, right. basically be able to follow a live match, you know that's that's a lot to ask for for a fan. They you know I think Riot would argue well if it becomes part of the zeitgeist like the right. NFL, you know eventually right. N-
1: NFL the NFL is not nearly as easy to understand as soccer. Like, yes, or, you know it's still but there's. Why, why can't you hold a guy? Why yes. why can't you tackle him before the ball? You know, if you were just to, to descend upon it without knowing anything about it, it would be totally it, weird.
0: Exactly. And, and what I will say about League of Legends is, you know, even though, like, say, in football, you might not understand why something's pass interference or defensive holding when right. someone, you know, um, but you can still sort of under understand a game and understand sort of big moments. I will say that League of Legends, with a little bit of instruction, just sort of, you know, if you watch the gold count, you can sort of see which team is amassing right. more resources, and, um, you know, if you learn who the uh, the big players are and, and what they're trying to accomplish and learn how to sort of look at the lanes and, and understand which kind of turf people are going for, you can enjoy watching the game. You might not know... The intricacies. Yes. You might not know precisely what's going on or the, the details of which champion they're playing and what moves th- th- that they can sort of execute and what their, their sort of special maneuvers are, but you can sort of generally understand the flow and and take excitement out of the game. And when you're with 15,000 other people in an arena, it's it's pretty easy to kind of get swept up in the action. Right, right.
1: And as you said before, it's this is one small slice of eSports. This yes. is one, you know, we're talking about several other types of games, and some of them are more understandable. Some of them are, like you said, FIFA, you know, is literally people are going to watch people play video game soccer.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and it's... the World Cup this year, they played the World Cup final in FIFA and they, they streamed it online and a lot of my soccer, you know, writer friends and I tuned in and we found ourselves absolutely riveted by right, it. I right. mean, it, and there is something sort of oddly thrilling about seeing these two teams play and watching it as a game, but also then being able to cut and see the, the faces of the people playing who are just, you know, kind of controlling these people and, and the two different... Things playing off each other, you know. The matches are shorter. It was like a fifteen minute match and we're just sitting there watching, oh yeah, this is a great way to spend fifteen right. minutes. So <laughs> Do you, you think
1: we should go back to our desk now and take up League of Legends and, and assemble a, a, a squad <laughs> and then next week we'll we'll do like Facebook live of us playing?
0: There or we go. Know? Let's yeah. do it. I mean, I, I don't think we are we are nearly as good <laughs> good enough to do that. I think there are much better people to do it. Um, I will encourage you that if, if you are interested in this and want to learn more and, you know, the best way is to play, like any sport, Um, th- that's the best or, way. To or play. to read
1: our series, maybe.
0: Or to read our series. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, for, for more, you know, if you want more in-depth coverage, uh, my buddy Travis Gafford over at Yahoo Esports does a great job covering league, and he does it from... A much more informed uh, position. So, if you want to read kind of more in-depth coverage and more analysis of it, that's the guy. That's the guy to go follow. There are a lot of great writers doing it, um, covering it well. I'm, I'm sort of um, sorry, League of Legends Reddit. I promise <laughs> you, I, I'm not trying to insult we're, you guys. We're I'm, trying to introduce
1: it to the masses. We're
0: trying to introduce word. it to the masses, and I know it, it can get frustrated. Trust me, I'm a soccer writer. I've been l- reading articles for thirty years about how soccer is the sport of the future. Um, <laughs> and you're just going to have to deal with it for a little longer. Have you even been reading for 30 years? No. I was born 30 years ago, <laughs> but there have been articles circulating for longer than that. <laughs> America's Sport of the Future since 1976, they said. Um, so uh, trace
1: trace what's coming uh, in the rest of the series. Uh, what, sort of tomorrow, what, what is the arc of your coverage?
0: Yeah, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, it will be on the business side about Riot Games and how they are building this game out and the media side and the production side and also how this is the total Wild West and there is no oversight and it's uh, all very hairy. And from there, um, we're gonna do a little bit on the fans, um, sort of both typical and, and non-typical and, and why this brings them together. And I can't even remember part five. What's part the five? agent. That's, that's part of tomorrow coach. the coach. coach oh that's my favorite one you, you yeah. yeah that's sorry that's coming thursday the fans are coming friday um my interview with with a head coach of one of these teams who uh is maybe the most fascinating dude in in esports i think uh in his early 20s and he has never been not only never had a coach he's never been a part of a team and he's learning about becoming a coach sort of on the fly <laughs> with one of the top teams in the world um so yeah Great. Look forward to that
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for letting me uh, turn the table on you. I, I really felt you, like I had the seat of power here. I felt like Nate Scott for for just a little bit of this afternoon. Oh, so man, I appreciate it's it. It's tough being the guest. You have to talk so much. I know.
0: Anyway, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Nate Scott. That's Chris Corman. Uh, I'm on Twitter at a. Nate Scott Corman, what are you at?
1: Uh, at Chris Corman.
0: That's easy enough. Sure enough. Everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. The podcast comes out Tuesdays and Fridays. And uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about Friday. Probably not eSports, but (laughs) maybe. Maybe we'll just keep this train going. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon.